about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Tim Timmery, Tim Timmery, Tim Tim Taru, how are you? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? Good. Good Ooh. to see you. And welcome everyone listening to episode 35 of Dismembering Horror. Or... That seems wrong. Well, it's correct. <laughs> Dismembering cool. Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan, we dismember horror. What does it mean to dismember since there are no literal body parts here? Well, we talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything interesting or noteworthy that we found about these films. Yep. How do we find these films, Tim? Well, we did a bunch of searching initially. Yeah. We wrote a bunch that we thought we wanted to watch down and made a list. But then we also opened that up to people's suggestions and got them to tell us things that they think we should watch and talk about. And then, we, and then, and then I printed out a piece of paper with that list on it and I took a pair of scissors and I cut it up into little strips. Yep. So we're still pulling from that hat today. Yep. And Put we have a hat. list of uh, new ones to print out soon and refill the hat with Oof. with some more recommendations from people. Yeah, how yeah. many do you think are still in this hat? Good amount, like 30. Oh yeah, there's a ton. Holy crap. <laughs> well, wow. And I don't know about you Tim or you who's listening, but my favorite is when we do do a someone one that someone submitted. My favorite is when you say doo doo. Doo doo. Poo poo, pee pee. <laughs> Great. That's the simple things in life, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, uh, should we? Any, anything else you want to add to that? Uh, nope. I'm enjoying our journey together here. I know we're hunting for gold. It's we really fun. dug up some good ones recently. I think we've been on a good streak here. From I loved Dead and after after the sinkhole of Evil Ed, I loved Dead and Buried. <laughs> Ghost Ship was it more fun than I thought? Cat People I thought was great. Us was solid. Calvera is one of my new favorites. Mom and Dad fun fun yarn. What a romp! R- romp there you go. Much more a romp than a yarn. And then today brings <laughs> us to should we play the trailer for it? Yeah, let's do it for Julia's Eyes, aka Los Ojos de Julia. Los. And also, um, you know, it's the eyes of Julia. <laughs> so I thought what I thought it was called. Literally translated. <laughs> Julia's eyes. Según me han informado, sufría de una enfermedad degenerativa. Una pérdida progresiva de la visión. Como mujer. ¿Y si no estaba sola? ¿Y si estaba con alguien? Uh, Julia. Sabes que no te conviene angustiarte. Mi hermana vino aquí con un hombre, ¿no? El hombre invisible. Un vacío. Una ausencia. ¿Cómo quiere que encontremos a un hombre al que nadie parece haber visto? Ni siquiera usted. ¿Sabes que hay alguien que vigila todos nuestros movimientos? Julia. Por Dios. Well, there you, you there we have it. What other we've watched? Rec Two is another Spanish film we've watched, mm-hmm. and um, 
we did Ermentari, the blacksmith and the devil. That was a Spanish mm-hmm. filmmaker, right? Even though it was in Basque. Yeah. Is that okay. it? Uh, I'm looking really quickly. I think yeah. so. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rec out of our, our yeah, because Rec Two and Aramentari were back to back. Oh yeah. Um, kind of fun. That was just fun. coincidental. Um, and then I guess the next closest thing, like European, that we did was um, opera and Deep Red, mm-hmm. but not Spanish. <laughs> and and Evil Ed. Yeah. 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 All right. It's funny. I don't even think of Evil Ed as a foreign film. I know. It it definitely is. So foreign to us. I've done some recent summaries here, Tim. I want to plug in to your head. Can you do the summary? Boy. Happy. Boy, can I? Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, The Eyes of Julia. (laughs) Julia's Eyes is a movie about. Being blind and what is seen and what is unseen in the world. But it follows the story of a woman named Julia, whose sister, sharing a degenerative eye uh, sight vision disease, Sarah, Sarah, um, ends up, well, dying under questionable circumstances. She, She hangs herself. But... Did she do it or did maybe somebody else do it? And so Julia and her husband, Isaac, go on a little bit of a journey of discovery while Julia's eyes uh, degenerate. And, uh, you know, it's a mystery. It's a little bit of a whodunit. And um, mm, that's kind of it. I don't want to like, you know, everything else is, is like a discovery in the movie. Right, but we aren't, this isn't a like... No, I know. I'm just saying like, at its core, it's the story of a woman who's trying to figure out who killed her sister. Right. But we uh, we should mention, you know, which I don't think we have for a while with this show, we're hoping, assuming that you've, and talking as if you've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we haven't said that much lately, have we? <laughs> no. <laughs> so we try to recreate the experience of like, as we say in our description, have a, you know, you like horror movies, but you don't have a fellow fiend to talk to. Yeah. Like it was kind of, this is trying to recapture, keep alive the dream of like binging horror movies and then kind mm. of like breaking them down afterwards. So we hope you can enjoy us in that process more or less. But hey, if you haven't, you still get something out of listening to it, then great. Was that was that summary like weirdly disjointed? It felt like it to me. Julia's eyes, the story of Julia. <laughs> <laughs> there, great summary, Tim. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else you say. Do you have anything to add to that? Is there something important that I'm missing here? I mean, I just think what the actual story is. It's about a. A woman who's being sort of manipulated mm. by a a guy who has like serious serious issue like serious invisible man syndrome to the point where right. he um yeah she's definitely being stalked. yeah he he's manipulating he he's he's satisfying his his need to be needed by being a caretaker towards blind people by making them blind or lying to them they're blind right right but don't you think that that 
that plot point is so kind of late in the story that is it really a, a part of the like how you would summarize the story? How I would summarize? In, in I guess so. In the, I mean, it depends. That's the greater story to me, yeah. but the story, the movie. To give a summary to the movie, I would put it as it's a woman who who is <laughs> the whole movie is being told that she's wrong or she's being left alone. Yeah. Oh, yes. The whole movie is just people le- being like, you wait here. Yeah. By you, yourself. <laughs> you're crazy. Don't believe that. Yeah. And or the whole movie. That's what it's hope. That's what the whole movie for me was predicated on. Was <laughs> yeah. those two ideas. Yeah. You're losing your eyesight and you might be a little vulnerable. Stay here by yourself while so, I go do something. Right. I'm a man. So to plug into my <laughs> take on the movie, that's what the summary is for. That was my summary of the movie. And then what I said before that was the summary of the story. As far as mentioning more the, um, yeah. the guy's perspective, the crazy person's perspective. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's, uh, Let's rate it. All right. You go. Oh, God, Tim. <laughs> I was I was leaning towards stream it because the ending was fun. Okay. We had a, a wonderful, gore movie terms, gore moment. Yeah. Um, but, God, if I'm, how, it, how I'm feeling right now and how it settled with me, if, and this is how our rating system works, is what we could tell ourselves if I could go back and tell Ryan to avoid it, stream it, rent it, or buy it, I would tell myself to avoid it. Oh, shit. Damn, I'm, I'm throwing son. down the gauntlets with this one. Ooh. Throwing down be, the gloves. You gotta be true to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Try to do me, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I... There's just enough enjoyment that I got out of watching this for me to say stream it. Um, but as you'll find out, uh, you know, in our discussion, I don't have a lot to say about what worked, which right. is kind of weird. But well, I, but I liked, I like enjoyed watching it. I, so that's you, a weird place yeah. to be. But it's a, it's so, it's it's a stream. It's like I enjoyed. I think people will like ending. watching it. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're like singular moments that I. Right. Fun with. Well, here's my in summary of why I felt that way. (laughs) Just put in perspective other bad movies we've watched that were pretty detestable. I include. Oh, uh, that's an interesting Insidious 4. So, Hmm. as angry as I was during Insidious 4, I was never (laughs) bored. Okay. Okay. I didn't feel super bored. Well, was I bored during this? I did. Yeah. Sometimes, but I okay. think well, that's some that that's a differentiation between us. I want to talk about more further down the line after we've uh, explored the ins well, here, and outs of what worked I, and didn't work I, for I, us. I mean, I will bring up this there, although we I we need to fill in some of these. But I just looking at the past, we have a couple movies. Th- th- wait, one, two, three. We have at least three movies that both of us said avoid to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think Insidious was probably. I think that was the first one. Ooh, I may have, bo- I think we. I think I may have said stream it sort of back then thinking in terms of other people. Yeah. Yeah. So the cured we both said avoid. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a much stronger avoid than this one. Yeah. Maggie we both said avoid. Ditto much stronger avoid than this and one arnold we both said avoid <laughs> on par avoid 
<laughs> with this one for me. Okay. Wow, that's crazy to think about that Arnold and this live in the same. Well, let's let's break it down. Let's get okay, into let's it. Let's get into okay. it. Okay, what worked for us? What worked, what worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> it worked like a charm, Smith. What worked? What worked for you? Yeah, kind of like I said that. Like I, I liked watching this, but like it's got so many problems from a like when you start to pick it apart but having said that the things i liked were kind of they're broad like the tone of it and the the and the sort of the crawling suspense of it yeah so it's all kind of a feel thing which i think ultimately just boils down to like the mood i was in when i was watching it and like just being cool with sitting back and and you know getting into the the vibe of that the movie was presenting right um well i can i can kind of second all that when keying into what you say you know about the tone and the feel mm -hmm. that um the opening shot and the second the shot after the opening shot had a tone and feel that really worked for me which was if you remember it was like over the opening credits was this sort of a scott a shot of the sky uh -huh. and I think the moon coming through it. Yeah. And then we cut to kind of those like nice, but tracked home homes, you know, that it takes place yep. in. Yep. Kind of Every house Spanish looks style. exactly the same. Yeah. But still looks like something, you know, you'd see an old Pasadena, you know, they looked, <laughs> they had porches were nice. Yeah. Um, dark wallpaper, <laughs> but uh, those, yeah, don't paint, don't, don't you dare shoot them. Wall, those walls white. <laughs> you, um, you said like, I love this already. And I was on board with you when you said that, because there was such a distinct like tone and, and feel mm -hmm. that I was like, great. That's, um, I don't want to skip ahead, but that just didn't end up being there in the rest of the film mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as what worked for me, that in itself did. Yeah. There's a, f there's, you know, that's your job, right? You you need to set a tone early on um, and and sort of follow through with that and, and give us some twists and turns and whatever. But the tone should sort of be consistent. Yeah. Um, so like the fil so the filming, the actual like look of it. I was I, I even said I was like, God, this looks so good. And what I mean by that is like. The resolution it's sharp. is super sharp and everything is clean and everything sort of has, you know, a good non like, I don't know, non blemished. It's just really crisp. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, this is pleasing. Um, it's lit consistently and it's lit well in quotes i'm gonna say well in quotes and colored consistently and exactly it's the green. color is very consistent yeah it's that that's it's a it's a cold yeah coloring yeah to it in the greens and the blues and the grays um and the characters all look like oh man this is a slippery slope. <laughs> what? I like them. Yeah. I like their their personas. Yeah. 
I like what they're giving me. That was that is like something I'm like I'm enjoying them. Spanish films, as far as what I've seen and what we've watched, I I do commend the casting as far as they. It's it's not like they're character. They're like character actors in the most satisfying sense, uh-huh. you know. Uh huh. So all that's working for me. Um, I think there's a lot of really nice camera movement. They're like the they're the use of the the. Um, motivated and unmotivated camera I enjoyed because there are times when I'm like, you know, we're floating a little bit and there's just, they're, they're not, you know, they're not sticking the camera down on sticks and, and like having it just stationary, you know, back and forth in in a conversation. There's deliberate shots, very deliberate, constant kind of floating, moving, like, and it creates a nice sense of eeriness and a nice sense of like, uh, tension and suspense at, at, at times and there's beautiful shots like when she's chasing the dude through the um what did they the blind center the the where she 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 goes to the blind center to kind of spy on the the women that are gossiping about her sister's death and then the one woman says you know, there's an, there, who, why'd you bring a man in here with you? And she's right. like, I'm alone. And then she chases. That the was dude. actually probably the best scene in the movie. <laughs> I, I think it might've been. And it is so cool looking like even the setup of it. Like when she's just there and the women who are gossiping about her are all very like eerie looking. And yeah. like they're, of course, a couple of them, their eyes are totally uh, cataract over and it creates it's like living zombie feel which i think is a nice cool broader yeah there's a lot of commentary on you know blindness maybe acutely on blindness but it, it opens sort of this broader conversation about like how we how we treat people who are different or like having a, some sort of affliction or whatever you're jumping around i, I want to sorry so what i'm getting at is that scene had a lot going on. It felt visually really cool. It, yes. had, it was really eerie. The women were creepy. Well, and, and then we go she's... into the hallway and the chase of it. And I was like, the lights coming on right. and like flickering. All of that looks so fucking That was a good, good example of uh, what this film did well as far as playing in dark, playing with darkness. Yeah. Yeah. How we see it and actually use that digital sheen to its advantage uh-huh. as far as I what know. can we just make visible or not visible. Yeah. The effect of her sort of blindness encroaching you know as it's coming in using that artifacting that you get in digital to you know kind of manipulate that and like have it look like yeah, light it, is swirling cool. a little I bit i should have like put that. that i should have put that as far as it did really well the idea of like air displacement yeah <laughs> okay with a cool visual for that um oh it was since we're talking about how it was shot i just wanted to add or, or I thought it was worth mentioning now something I put down, which was the filmic portrayal of not showing people's faces when she's in blind yeah. person mode. Yes. So she goes, she's not the whole movie. She's blind. She's losing her sight progressively throughout it. And when she finally has had the operation, she can't see anything. She's full blind mode. B- so, bandaged. Right. right. So just this was, this was a, it was a unique opportunity that it saw through of like, how do we sort of, not have her literal perspective, which it did do, but when she's literally blind, how do we have a sort of filmic portrayal perspective of putting her in the headspace of feeling people's presence, seeing people uh, on camera, but never seeing their faces, which sort of gives you that, um, that sort of 
hesitancy to trust almost. So Definitely. I thought that was pretty effective as far as I putting really, us in her emotional yeah, state. I agree. I totally loved that choice and device to create more of the 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 question mark on what's going on. And it just, it gets us on board with her and her vulnerability. Yeah. Right. Like it's leaving a thing out of our knowledge. It's, right. it's a question. Gets and us on board two thirds through the film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so I, beyond those things, I, I, you know, it's all kind of little specifics. I like the performance of the of the bad guy ultimately um, when he is revealed. I think he's cool and, right. and and creepy and and gives a good performance. I like the the um, the action, even though it's very sparing. You know, but when it happens, I I enjoyed the fights and the sort of the gore of of a couple moments. It's pretty limited but when it happened i was like fucking cool and i like the little i like the little things that are kind of placed around that are like clues but they don't and they're not that big a deal like it's not like a revelatory clue it's like the the keys it i think it all just adds to a tone mm. that of mystery that i personally like it feels kind of hitchcockian of mm -hmm. like mystery what is this does it lead to something is it a red herring like where are we going and all of those things are just pleasing to me does it add up to in this case a good movie obviously we didn't end up feeling that way because we didn't say fuck it's the greatest you gotta buy it so <laughs> so is it it's it's good in its sort of um individuality of those things i like all those things uh it didn't all pay off necessarily but uh i honestly like, there's not a whole lot more that i liked like that 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 specifically worked for me well you mentioned um the performance of who ends up you know is the bad guy once we actually sort of are witnessing him as a full-fledged person fleshed person <laughs> not an invisible man um but, you know, I mentioned I gave the story summary from his perspective, mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, Insidious 4. Remember, I said, well, I actually liked the story, a key demon coming to collect souls. That is a cool story. Sure. Itself. So this, if you break it down to the story of how do I have to, I'll try to put it better here. But yeah, someone who due to their insecurities about being unloved and unseen manipulates people um, and their ability to see. Right. Is yeah, that kind he of creates his own pathology around yeah. around his how he feels in the world in regards to like being seen or not. That in itself, I like. It's a great concept. Yes, it is a great concept. Right. Un unfortunately, I think it it meanders and is muddied and I'm excited to talk about that. But and I have, what did not work. <laughs> yeah. But before we jump into that. Yeah. There's more one really specific thing mm -hmm. that I fucking love. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Can you guess? Uh, was it the body horror of the eye being stabbed? Fuck yes. With a needle? <laughs> oh, because I have that too, Tim. It is, it is the best How many times in ever. films have we always like so been afraid of like an eye being stabbed and it showing that there's it, a couple famous examples oh but yeah. this was just sort of a modern do, does not shy away very 
viscerally well done. It did a thing that I think we can learn from in the future. Mm -hmm. You know that it's coming, right? The setup is, is, is full. We've established that he has these tools, the syringe and whatever. We've been told that what he does with those things is literally inject, you know, whatever fucking something into the eye that that causes the ocular nerve to decay or or die. So we know exactly what he's going to do. But then it does another thing, which I think is really fucking smart, which is it it shows an obscured view of him, like a POV of him leaning in to to administer the shot into the eye and i think what that did was make me go oh no they're gonna do it off camera i get why they do it because it's super graphic and it sort of gave me this moment of like not disappointment but like oh shucks that's too bad they're not gonna do it and then they do it so like by kind of fooling us into thinking maybe they won't show it when they turn the camera around and actually show it they wait who does he do it to again his mom that's what i thought yeah so there's that moment of oh of of possible disappointment and then they turn it around and and not only do they go in and and do it you know show us a version of it they show us the full version where it's like you see that because often we see like the needle or the knife or whatever getting really close to the eye and you don't see the moment of like well i think it was especially justified because it's sort of about whether it's julia or the mom in this case both of them are faking being blind at certain points the the mom here it kind of actually it was justified being shown in a way because after seeing someone who's faking uh, being blind, we sort of pay attention to wh- how are they, how are they acting with their eye? You know, where are they looking? How are they pretending they mm-hmm. aren't looking? So it's just to sort of see an eye responding to outside stimuli. Yeah, you yeah. know, it felt like it was relevant in a way to see. Well, it. and that's right. Up until that point, shit. Now I don't remember. The mom was faking. Yeah. This that moment happens after. Does that happen after I don't know, he's Tim, whatever, man. That, that she can see? Because he puts the, the knife up to, her, right. up to her eye. I don't remember if that happens so before or after. But, I, but anyway, my point yeah. is, is that like when there, you, can be, you can be savvy about how you kind of toy with the audience leading up to a really big, you know, moment like that. And I think they did a good job of, of kind of teasing us and then following through and, and making the shock of it full. Yeah. So I was psyched. I yelled. <laughs> can I just uh, <laughs> now? Can I just kind of bust out the last things that worked for me? Mm-hmm. All right. The um, when she discovered that she could see in the last act, and having the moments where she's having to fake it uh-huh. that she um, can see, but is pretending like she can't, because we know that um, the the bad guy is so smart and just sort of is always you know those sort of two steps ahead kind of um, villain planner or whatever it was just fun to see her trying to you know convince him that she can see i thought that was fun and hadn't seen that before and then i liked the uh just technically well done i thought was the camera flashes revealing the pitch black Mm -hmm. scene that was neat 
And then the ending, I kind of touched on this, how it sort of has a story as a whole, you know, I liked it uh, from, you know, when we talk about the guy's situation. So I liked how he killed himself, you know, when he was being seen for the first time. Right. As if that in itself was something so just sort of, I don't want to say like horrifying and the sort of like, ah, you can see me, but I attach it to like, that kind of person, my kind of psychological read on him is it's more a kind of like, I have so little self-worth that I almost feel guilty for taking mm-hmm. up your your visual space and mental space by existing. So to have all of a sudden the police who don't see him at first, it seems like even yeah. though he has the flashlight right on. Once he's finally seen, he kills himself. And I just thought that was a kind of... Um, a good, a loaded moment. Yeah, I think whenever you have sort of you're you're pointing at you know you've you've established this sort of psychosis or pathology that the the bad guy or whoever really has when when their construct that they've created is being broken, basically he can't live with the truth, right? Mm-hmm. If that if that becomes his new truth, you, you know he doesn't have a choice. He's like, this is too much. Like it, 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 the, the, the spell that he's created or put cast on himself is now broken. And so he can't live with it anymore. Yeah. And I like, I like that. That's a, it's a satisfying sort of thing. It also, it also does a thing that I'm sometimes cool with sometimes not, but it's sort of this trope of like, you don't want your, I have problems with this in certain realms, but you don't want your, lead character to to lose their purity in a sense by by being the hand that exacts you know the death upon somebody depends on the story totally Mm -hmm. when that's necessary when it's unnecessary but in this sense like she doesn't kill him right it's more impactful and meaningful to have him kill kill himself yeah and that often is that can be good i think it can be done it's often done the opposite where they prevent especially women from exacting revenge through killing the the bad guy and and even worse sometimes having a man stop the woman from doing it i think you shouldn't do that version of it i think that's shitty um but this one felt fine because of the context of where it was happening and like you know in a certain you could say she should fucking kill this guy. I mean, he effectively killed her sister and her husband. So she but it, should. It, but it was it cool and more telling that what she cared about wasn't his death. It was proving to the authority right. who had been foiling him, proving to the men who had been so distrusting of exactly. her. So that, th- hey, this guy's real. I wasn't being a crazy yes. lady who's seeing this. So person. given that context, it's actually more powerful to have this version of it. So, so I appreciated that for sure. Yeah. Good catch. Cool. Shall Let's, we move on? Yeah, yeah. All right, what did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> so why did it, Tim, have to be so horror-y? That is what, that starts to... Why did it have to be so horror-y? That's, I don't know what that, you mean. Well, 
why not like you know i said that that story itself was good so why not just be like an out and out thriller or suspense mm-hmm. movie in that regard like it could have been way more tense suspenseful if it but it just felt like it was a sort of fake out ghost movie that never delivered on that hmm. you know it was nor nor was it you, you know ever a twist where it's like oh it's not some supernatural paranormal ghost and even mm-hmm. if it was it wouldn't be an interesting one God, I don't even know where to sort of begin to answer that. There's just a bunch of problems with it's just so fucking murky and meandering. Yep. That like, too. I just don't know. It it, it Okay, yeah, here's I don't here's know. my my two main qualms with it are, are what I'm saying now where it's like, okay, I get how it's maybe trying to do something interesting with like the invisible person kind mm-hmm. of like turn that into kind of a monster or super or something scary oh but yeah when it and comes they say down, that thing of like the monster they're trying to like push on that idea that she gr- has the girl like, says it's a mon- he's a monster her hand gr- the hand grabbing her shoulder you know yeah. feels more paranormal but it, it felt like even though i love i love scooby-doo but you remember there's always the part of you that's disappointed it's not actually a monster at sure, the end sure <laughs> that felt like this whole movie for me yeah like, i would have it could have been more interesting from the perspective of if it was the invisible person, which actually I wanted to compare it to another Spanish film that I saw and really, really liked. It was actually a, a recommendation on um, a shutter curated list mm-hmm. by Kumal Nenjini. Okay. I think is his name. And it's called um, Sleep Tight or Mientras Duermes. Well, I don't know. And it's this thriller about this guy who's like kind of a misanthrope to the extreme who basically just gets off on like how much can he sort of lie and manipulate to these people. He's the, um, the tenant in a building mm-hmm. and he kind of like gets in all their li- lives and stuff oh. like that. But it's from his perspective. It's super, super tense because it's just sort of like how much, how far down this sort of like story of lies can mm-hmm. he pull off? Kind I of have thing. heard of this. It was really yeah. good like that. So I felt like why didn't, I don't know. I just, this movie could have been that direction where it's just versus trying to be kind of like a fake out ghost movie procedural. Like, I don't know. That's the problem. Actually, you've, you, you're hitting on it. It's too, it's doing, it's trying to do too many things. Yeah. It's not, it's not honed in to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to like stick to this thing. Cause once you make that decision, say, you know, say you've decided it is paranormal or it's not, whatever that thing is, once you've honed in on it singularly, you can then very cleanly misdirect. Mm -hmm. But this one almost feels like they hadn't quite I mean, I guess they've decided they know that the the killer is the killer and and whatever, but their their misdirections around that are are they're sending us in all sorts of weird directions and it just is it's never on a path. They were just kind of like so what for me, they didn't yeah. actually make it more suspenseful at all. And so so like I was kinda of saying, so what I tried to say there is, you know, I said I said two things that were kind of if I tried to summarize what wasn't work was that. And then also kind of where I tailed off at the end there was saying how it was a procedural. But that was like a good example for me how 
none of that was actually interesting. I was so bored to tears. It felt like a very, uh, the proceedings procedural where I just didn't Mm. care about the details. It wasn't like I was having fun putting together this greater mystery. It was kind of watching stuff happen. And this was to to sort of sum up Mm -hmm. that, this was an example for me with that context of where it's when it's about more things going on, the movie is about a lot less. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like we just watched calvair which you know i loved and is my style yes. think about how little happened that's right but yet because of that how much was going on yeah and how much you can kind of pull out of it yeah how much the moments are are weighted this was just kind of like i don't okay whatever she's going there she figured out this thing i don't care it's well, not scary it's not suspenseful yeah and it's really indicative of a problem if you have to have a character show up in the like toward the third act or the end of the second act and literally tell you what's going on yeah like the little girl has to show up <laughs> and go hey just so you know I've been watching you and here's what's actually going on. Yeah. You've been wrong this whole time or whatever you've been thinking has been sort of left of center. Right. Here's the deal. Let me tell you. Why not to start the movie with that? You know? I mean, fuck, dude. That sucks. I mean, if that's that's where you have to do it. Yeah. That's a problem. You see, that's that's (laughs) but when that little girl gave exposition, it was finally like, okay, we've arrived at a movie Mm -hmm. that I care about now, you know? But that is bad writing. Like, really, I mean, at the end of the day, if if you have to have an extra character tell your protagonist what's happening and the protagonist can't like it's so passive. Right. Or, or like, play it, play it more for like she's putting it that that puts herself in a difficult position. I mean, which it did they as far that. as like, who do I trust? Right. Um, that was the attempt. But it was kind of just like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I'll go with her because that makes sense and because the audience is rooting for it. But, like, that could have, I don't know, that could have come way sooner. Um, yeah. And another way to kind of maybe sum it up, like, when when she said, uh, and uh, maybe not so specific to what I was saying before, but I definitely ex- experienced when she uh, stabs him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why stab him there in the yeah, leg? Yeah, like in the leg. Why and I'm like, fucking... oh, in order for there to be a final showdown scene. It just was one of those moments right. where like, what does it actually add? It just sort of is like this obligatory, they're going to run around the house a little yep. bit because she could have killed him better. Is that kind of frustrating? Like, I thought we killed that with Scream. No yep. pun intended. Yeah. Like, if you can say, if you can say, she has the opportunity to end this cleanly. Yeah. There's a huge problem and like doesn't there's a, that's a problem. Horror right? movie 101. We're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So give it, you know, the, the, I think the most satisfying moments in horror are when you see that the person has the opportunity and the opportunity gets fucked up. Right. Isn't that's that so much more exciting? And if it was the moment, that's enough of her just stabbing him close up that's huge to happen and maybe missing a little at first, like in a way that's realistic and having to see it through. They don't need to have this cat and mouse around the house. Like, ugh, sorry, I just I agree. You know what I mean? I do agree. I think that it's sort of a, it, it in the third act, it kind of became an exercise of them being like, hey, remember in this movie when this cool thing happened? Let's like do that. Yeah. You know, um, I don't I think we ta- we've mentioned this maybe before, but you, the movie Wait Until Dark. 
I don't know. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Wait Until Dark. dark. It's Audrey Hepburn and Alan uh, Arkin. Oh, I haven't seen it. It is fucking amazing. Cool. It is so fucking good. I want to see more Everybody movies Everybody needs to see that. So in that movie, she's blind. The whole setup is Audrey Hepburn's blind. Her husband is, she feels like he's acting a little odd and peculiar. And he goes off and leaves her for, I think, a weekend um, alone at home. But she's totally capable. She she is, you know, her blindness is a non-issue in her life. And a series of events starts happening where people start showing up at her place and it's a different guy. You know, there's like a delivery guy and then there's like a, a guy who's posing as a detective and it's all at Alan Arkin and he's playing multiple characters because he wants to break into her house and steal something oh, that her husband wow. has. And so we watch Alan Arkin give this incredible series of performances <laughs> pretending to be different people to fool her. Because she's blind. And it, it culminates with... I don't want to know. Well, I'm just going to say, it. it culminates with one of the, I think, great horror moments of, of... It's not a horror moment. It's a suspense moment. Okay. That is so fucking awesome. That The final act of that movie is brilliant. So that sounds like a really good example of... Clean. Building. Simple. You, you right are, to yeah. the point. Yes. Absolutely. But what I was going to say was like building tension throughout, like a prolonged setup that builds yeah. tension. This movie, Los Ojos de Julia, it just felt like it was all set up with no tension within that setup. Sure. You know, like, yeah, no, horror, I don't know, sort of effective horror movies. It can be sort of all like suspense, you know, set up. It's yeah. that tension. It's that building yeah. of tension. This was like it was trying to have its cake and eat it too, in a way. Well, right. And set, that's sort of what I'm getting at is that in the third act, it felt like they were kind of going, oh, yeah, remember, wait until dark. Like, let's let's try and do our version of that. But also let's do a little bit of Silence of the Lambs because that final bit of Silence of the Lambs is really cool. You know what I mean? You're playing with like, maybe I'm just pulling that out of, what I, you know, because those things are better executed versions of moments when the, the protagonist can't see um, and playing around with the visual right. of that. But either way, it felt derivative. Well, I mean, I was me. trying I guess to, that's the problem. I was trying to hone in more on just that first hour or whatever of the film. Well, that's for sure. Like, that's, yeah. yeah I mean, in comparison, you know, Silence of the Lambs, a procedural done very, 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 very well for right. the first hour. So, what do you think was different about? Yeah, that first that's hour versus this hour. Well, oh god, that's a tough question. I mean, I mean, it's a broad, it's a big question. Um, I think we know and understand the characters, and they have more agency in Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what made the procedural aspect feel more engaging and uh, pertinent? And <laughs> well. There are clear um, um, markers of progress in Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. You know, she she has a conversation. She's given a case. She has a conversation with Hannibal Lecter that is vague but gives her just enough to go on something. She goes on that thing and discovers a thing, right? right. She discovers the head in the garage, right? Then she comes back and she's like, you're fucking with me. So there's this sort of clear back and forth. This, Julie's eyes... It's like she doesn't have somebody to kind of like anchor her questions yeah. to. Um, you think maybe it would be her husband, but he is like super kind of 
He says, don't make me be the controlling husband. And, and that's he, all yeah. he is. Right. And so so it's almost like we needed another we needed another thing for her to bounce it her her thoughts off of maybe which could have been cool if that little girl was in it more from the get-go could have been her could have been the mom maybe that would have also, made I that mom just, twist that that yeah she's also his angel's mom the level at which the sort of psychology is revealed and delved into in silence of the lambs feels actually like smart and realistic yeah and this was this kind of felt like hollywood bleh yeah. Sorry, I didn't use that term. I love old Hollywood, Tim, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think there's a problem in make having a character who's kind of. I think you, it, it, you, she, she. It's almost too, um, not cliche, but it's 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 dismissive in a way. It's like, oh well, she's blind, so she can't find her way, mm-hmm. and then they play that up. Where it should sort of be the opposite. Here's, okay, you just reminded me just like of another like, uh, I just hate this movie moment <laughs> was when she, f- remember how there's the rope going to the neighbor's house? Yeah. And that's like, like very thoroughly set up. Yeah. And so do you remember when she finds it the second time and there's this shot where it like shows her find it and give this like obvious like for the audience aha here's the rope uh-huh. like i just hate that so yeah. much like jesus like, I, mean, I get it i get it stop <laughs> well and that uh, that's actually i think a bigger more to the point problem in in general make your fucking characters smart don't make them fucking dumb. Don't make them do dumb stuff. Like you can I don't make think them... that was dumb in herself. I, it was just the sort of portrayal that was, I was talking about no, with the movie. I agree. Know? I agree. I'm I'm sort of taking it one step further into saying that, yeah. like, you know, they don't have to. I don't know. They, <laughs> when she acknowledges that thing, <laughs> it's it makes me feel like she's she's not dumb, but she's sort of like. It's for the audience. That's it's a what nod. I was saying. I don't it's a, like it's that. It's a forced aha and, that she and, would and never so actually really do. By yeah. virtue of that, that character then is no longer a person. They're sort of a they're sort of a, a, a cardboard cutout. Yes. And I, and that's what I mean. So dumb may be the wrong word. Don't make them fucking simple. Like right. don't 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 make them a, a caricature or a cardboard and cutout. That's what I was trying to make say. Make them that. fucking super smart. Right. That's and what I was saying was the difference between this and Science of the yeah. Lambs. Yeah, definitely. They can get in trouble and they can lead themselves in the wrong direction. But make it because they fucking think they know what's up. Yeah. Right. That's more exciting. And then we go, oh fuck! Like we're if we're ahead of them. It can work, but they can't be we're ahead of them because they're just being right. knuckleheads. Right. And so and I didn't think she was like overtly. No, she wasn't at all stupid. She, no, as far just, as like a, her, her, if I had to describe the character. But she just I don't think she ever had a clear point of view. Again, I maybe? thought that was more about the movie being stupid just or <laughs> not trusting its audience. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. She found. Oh, remember the rope? Oh, we're going to show you remembering it. Well, and I wonder if it's too sort of just a stylistic thing of like, yeah, it is. you know, in you know, European audience is more into that stuff. No, because look at Calvair. That was European. Yeah, but look at Rack and Rack 2 guess, done so well. I guess so I'm well. saying the, I the filmmakers that with, think that that's what the audience I is into. I associate that with American films and audiences, to be honest. So maybe they, the filmmakers think this is what 
Yeah. American films do. I think, I think this do was that. them trying to make like a mainstream Sony right. Screen Gems movie. Right, right, right. You know? Interesting. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. Mm, it just sort of fell flat all it around was, um, in that construction. I thought it was so obvious the uh both the the neighbor who ended up being the creepy dude and then the other neighbor who ended up being the mom. It was just like as soon as both of them came on respectively, it was like, okay, there's more to meets the eye when this person mm-hmm. like it's gonna be some little twist with them. Whatever. I'm already past it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just Yeah. It's all a little on the nose, I guess. Yeah. Even the like the melodrama of it. Like the, yeah, the was, oh, I want to go to the Sahara and look at the the It was the so self-serious. Oh my god, that yeah. ending. So, so that whole thing, I just I I don't know. It's not it it's not for me. Here was an example of like where I <laughs> it's found for somebody right. It's the tone being a little too self-serious. An example of that was when um, think of how the little girl was in uh, in opera. The little girl who this is I don't know if this is quite common enough to be an archetype, but you so think I I described it as Newt esque the swift moving Mm. survival girl Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. like in opera is the one like just like Newt and aliens going through the air vents the air ducts and then this girl here in this movie is like going around the two houses somehow kind of like in corridors it feels like or just sort of has a lay of the land, so in opera it wasn't so self serious that it felt like. I don't know. There was something kind of fun about the girl's presence, you know? It was like in a more like, yeah, it wasn't realistic, but it was kind of like fun movie versus this. It just I couldn't have that same amount of fun with it for whatever reason. It just kind of felt like forced and. Yeah. Oh, you know, she's she's well, this kind of girl. Oh, so here's what it is. This actually I forgot that this was the thing I kept thinking while we were watching it. Every dumb moment and dumb decision is just to push the plot forward. And that is basically the opposite of what you want. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Every single fucking time a guy goes, stay here. I'll be right back. I'll I'll take care of this. Something happens Mm -hmm. to her. That's moving the story forward, right? So theoretically, if she had not stayed there she had gone with the the guy to deal with whatever they're dealing then the movie ends yeah that can't be the way your movie works it just can't nope. it doesn't fucking that's what i was saying it's the so whole unsatisfying. movie was predicated on that <laughs> right and so it's too much of of the it's contrivances pushing the plot forward the girl is a contrivance to push the plot forward to get to a point where we can tell you what's happening right so that that's just where it all falls apart. It sucks. It's too bad. To bring it all back around, maybe in summation here, it was just like I mentioned, the the opening shot working so well. There was a distinct mood there. There was a distinct feel there. Uh, well, but as soon as the movie started, it just got mired in all this stuff yep. we're mentioning. Yeah, and even our favorite scene, let's say, the, the chase, the little chase, suffers a little bit of this. It's right. It's like... I even said, I was like, don't fucking run after him by yourself. That's fucking dumb. Like, don't do that. This felt like it just made me want to watch the Ring remake, the US Ring. Sure. Where that was a really good balance for me of like a sustaining and eerie tone. Yeah. 
while having a procedural that feels well enough paced and I'm actually sort yeah. of involved mm-hmm. in it because there is this greater supernatural mystery you yeah. can really never get to the bottom of. How would you how do you think this movie would have felt if in the moment when um at the very end the cops show up and She's shining a flashlight on him and he's she's like, there he is. Do you see him? And the cops just go. No, like, what are you what are you talking about? Right. Like this. Come on. I think that in itself is a way more interesting moment. But then you'd have to change the rest of the movie to reflect that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know what you where you go from there, but it would be. I would feel like I would be like, it's so much. And I said this at one point, I was like, God, this place, this whole environment everywhere they are, the the look of it and everything is so bleak. Yeah. I want, I think I want a bleak ending to yeah. this movie if it's going to be that. But again, it just, this but, yeah. just, it's just a dude who had a messed up mom, messed up childhood, who's messed up himself. Right. And he's portrayed as like a boogeyman yeah. at first, kind of maybe. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, my last thing is, um, what fucking house is this that has like metal corrugated like um, security things that come down on all the doors and windows? Maybe it's in the same universe that wreck took place in. This is the wreck future. Where... I guess. Like I was. <laughs> They're I... demon proof. Yeah, they never set that up. So I sort of was like, when she tried to leave it toward the end, and she's like, "Oh, all of the windows have this." I, they probably I like, mentioned what? it. This is, you know, they were, we were reading subtitles. Is that a thing? We might have missed it at some Maybe. point. Whatever. Anyway, so that's all. I, I don't know. That's all I got. Things I don't want of to note. It. Yeah. Things of note. Yeah. yeah. Things of note. <laughs> this should be interesting. So, who did grab her shoulder then? I, I mean, I, I'm assuming it was fake Ivan. Angel. His name's Angel. But it was like an older man hand. It did seem like that, didn't and it? And she flipped around and it was all just open space. Is it like if we saw it from a wider shot, Ivan would have been down there with a fake <laughs> hand, like like on the ground, just yeah. out of her blind peripheral? He's invisible, dude. Yeah, except not actually. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That yeah. was in the trailer we just watched too. That moment, I know. I think we're supposed to think that, like, just like suspension of disbelief a bit. That that the hand there's maybe a few, you know, ten seconds between the hand being there and her looking up and seeing her husband off in the distance, and he's already walked away. I know I this. This know. comes across as another what did not work, but I thought that was more <laughs> just a thing of note. Yeah, like, yeah. So okay, well then, who did? What was this moment? Right, right. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> so, okay. There's not a whole lot in my mind, but um, I think one of the more interesting things is, and the thing that I liked about this movie is is the, the cinematography. So I was like, well, who did this? Is it somebody interesting or that we've heard of before? And it is. Um, his name's Oscar Faura, I think <laughs> is how you would say it. Um and he has he's actually a kind of interesting dude so he shot the movie the orphanage which i think is a much better movie 
um, if you haven't seen that. Um, he also shot The Impossible, which I never watched, but I oh, guess I wanted it was to supposed see that. to be pretty good. That was the survival of the tsunami movie? Yep, Na- Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I did want to see that. Um, and he also... Let's see, here we go. He... So he's, I mean, his career is really picked up. So he did, like I said, so he also um, was the camera op on a movie we enjoyed, Wreck 2. Oh. Um, So he was one of the dudes doing the hard ass shit that they did. Because a camera op's job is largely pulling focus. And imagine pulling focus on wreck too <laughs> and that was one of the things we had said right because there's so much movement in that camera work such a ballet that dude is fucking obviously real good at what he does um so then you know just to go down the things he's done since julia's eyes the impossible like i said a, a, a movie called mindscape which i don't know about imitation game which is great um a monster calls which i didn't see but looks really cool i remember watching the promo for and he did the most recent uh jurassic world he shot it which is not a good movie but it does look cool (laughs) so it has its defenders i am not one of them me neither so um you know cool dude like that guy's awesome i thought it was kind of fun watching and interesting seeing like the slight differences in the translation just in dialect oh I, sure I, I, god i meant to <laughs> recommend some examples but you know when someone it's it shows up on a you know the sub the subtitles hello but then in spanish it's actually you know something else that's sure. just sort of contextually and there were the i, I noticed a couple of those yeah. i don't really know spanish i know but... just enough i could like understand half of it if it was like twice the speed mm-hmm. or sorry twice as slow um that was always interesting. It was, it was fun and kind of, you know, knowing basic, basic Spanish and being able to like yeah. sort of look away and notice differences. That was interesting and noteworthy and fun. Um, yeah. The bigger, the, the biggest thing of note, uh, which maybe is, is less a point. I was thinking more, this felt more noteworthy, but we can still dive into it. Uh, when Well, it, it sounded like you were still, even though you didn't give it the avoid, it sounded like you still largely agreed with me on all my points. Pretty much, yeah. But I still think this sort of was a glimmer into what we, what we don't get too often is into our, where our tastes differ. Mm-hmm. We've had the clear Willard differentiation where <laughs> yeah. I acknowledge in those traits in me of Willard and you're just like, uh-uh, yeah. weird, don't go there. Um, don't want to see that in yourself. Scary for you to see that. Probably. I get it. Um, but remember this, this, the differences. Yeah. in me liking Juwan and you not where it's like, you sort of like at the beginning of this review, you sort of said like, in essence though, you still enjoy a kind of like the tone of a sort of doling out of information Uh for me or, or sorry for you. But for me, it's like all of that is just, I just don't care. Sure. Like, and that's why with the Juwan sort of that being confusing or just sort of not, you know, not a lot of attention put into that. I was not bothered at all. And in fact, liked it better where it sort of heightens, you know, mm-hmm. the the stuff that's happening. That's the, yeah. that's actually happening. See, I love a mystery. Yeah. I love, love, love a mystery. And so this gave enough of that kind of ride mm-hmm. and like of allowing me to sort of want to solve the puzzle yeah 
um, that even though by the end I was sort of like, okay, you know, maybe right. not the best execution of all that, but I, w- I enjoyed the kind of progression of the ride of the mystery. Like my, one of my favorite, this is literally one of my favorite films is Inherent Vice, which like when you hear the I, filmmakers talking I about it, still haven't watched. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, the point was that you can't follow anything going on. It becomes about enjoying the characters and the situations and yeah. the look and the feel and all that, which okay. then for me, you just read into so much more versus kind of like in this movie, it was just, okay. Yeah. So there's, there's that. And then she's going to go over here now. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, even though you're more on board in this one and agreeing with me, I still felt like uh, I could kind of key into mm-hmm. that was, uh, you know, since we've been doing this, it's interesting yeah. to kind of highlight when and how we do differ. Yep. Totally. Uh, the only other thing I have is the lead actress who I thought was fine. Um, I enjoyed most of what she was doing. Um, she is also in the orphanage. She's the lead in the orphanage. Oh. Um, so which leads me to, do you have anything else? Mm-mm. Which leads me to say, we should do recommendation and mine is the orphanage because it's a much better movie. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And more enjoyable and it's fun and it looks great, obviously, because our friend Oscar shot it. I am going to do something similar and recommend dead a film I mentioned earlier in this episode, which was the other Spanish film sleep tight. Mientras Duermes. It's available on shutter. I watched it and it embraced not being supernatural like this one didn't in a way that was Mm. very interesting and successful and was from the perspective of the crazy person. Right. Awesome. Well, should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Next week's movie. Let's let's do it. Tim's turn. Here. Here we go. Here we go. It's going to be... Wait, why is this in here? What is it? Paranormal Activity 3. (laughs) (laughs) Let's watch it and find out. What? I've seen this. I haven't. I've only seen the first Paranormal Activity. (laughs) Wait, have I seen this? I've heard it was... I'm pretty sure I watched this with my my, writing partner (laughs) and directing partner, Shane. And I think we got really stoned, which is not something I do very often. But uh-huh. like, I think this was one of those nights where we were just like finished a writing session and we're like, let's just smoke a joint and watch a dumb fucking horror movie. <laughs> and we watch this. So maybe it'd be fun to revisit. Well, it. I put it in there because I'm fascinated by franchises, mm. you know, especially, you know, more contemporary. I mean, all of them, but this is a more contemporary one. I've only seen the first one of. Okay. And I've heard that if there's one sort of best one out of them, maybe excluding the first one, it's the third one. Okay. And I heard that from not just maybe, you know, in the stratosphere and the whatever, but uh, our friend of the podcast, Peter Warden, who recommended we do Arnold for his own personal reasons. You motherfucker, Peter. You motherfucker. He he mentioned that was one that he happened to see that he actually thought was better. Pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure he did. Ooh, and this is also an excuse you, for me Peter. just to watch all of the paranormal activities now. <laughs> I mean, I think I enjoy the first one. I think yeah, I like the first and second Peter's one enough. Was the first one, like I remember seeing it at kind of like a free advanced screening at the Arclight Dome. It was fun. It yeah, was second fun, next to sure. seeing Jackass 3D there. 
as far as like a group, oh, kind of experience. This will be interesting too because I was, uh, I was, I think I was looking through, fucking, I don't remember what it was. It was I was looking through movies, and oh, it was probably when I was doing the letterbox thing. There are a lot of paranormal activities like at this point. Like, there's got to be at least six or seven of them now. I want to watch them all. Because, like, I kept coming across them and, like, wanting to click that I had watched it and then being like, whoa, what is – this is a different one. Right. Well, as bad as they usually ghost, are, There's, something... like, Ghost Dimension one and there's, like, a Spanish one right. and – or I don't know. There's a bunch. This was – um, this podcast, at least on my end, Tim, kind of evolved out of me and my, me and my friend – Andy Andrew, we'd watch, we'd just binge watch, like sort of focus on horror films, but we'd sort of focus on getting out all the big uh, mm-hmm. franchises oh, cool. out of the way. And uh, we don't, you know, as bad as they got, there's always something that's fascinating to me about how do they, in their kind of own funny way, a lot of the times, expand on this premise or story, try to make it work. Right. And so there, I mean, there's that in itself, which is why, you know, to expound more on why this is in here, but also with the third one. I think they're interesting because it's sort of like, okay, the second one, we're just trying to figure out what a sequel can be. Uh The third one, now maybe we've honed it a little better and can sort of do the sequel better in a sense. Like I think um, maybe this is most true. The best example is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 is kind of a fan favorite. Yeah. Dream Warriors, is it? Where it's like... Great, we have, you know, just the the group of teenagers all working together to fight him. We are, learn a lot of, like, interesting stuff that doesn't, that expands on his evilness versus sort of ruining it, you know, about his backstory. Yeah. Cool kills, found out what's worked. We just want that, you know, making the most of the premise. Yeah, I agree. I think you can kind of track, there's a lot of examples of the third movie kind of either saying... Let's really shake it up and do a different thing because we've established that we've got you. Yeah. Um, I think the third Halloween is is known for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Third Friday there's, the 13th is sort of another fan yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, there's one. Uh, what? 3D. Is it the te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I haven't seen past two. Uh, I feel like somebody had mentioned that recently. But anyway, you you get the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it is an interesting you know, discussion and and thing to, to see how they choose to go with that third one. So yeah. this will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find us until then at dismemberinghorror.com. And we just joined um, Anchor, the platform for hosting our pad- podcast, which we're enjoying much more than just having a RSS feed linked from our hosting website. Yeah. And by no means is this an ad, but it's it, there. It's a cool like they do a really good job because so it's now, like, now we can see how many people are watching it well yeah and as far as just uh being able to say where to find us well we're on like all their platforms it's it's pretty cool yeah there's a bunch so we're on anchor breaker google podcast pocket cast spotify apple podcast Castbox, overcast and radio public sweet so yeah and and like Shoot us a shoot us a message if you want. I, I mean, I want to talk to more people and get their take on this. So we now we know obviously people are listening to it because we can track that. <laughs> so hit us up. I'm at Tim Aslan on Instagram and um, Twitter. 
but also we have our own Twitter, which is Dishorrorpod. Yeah, so hit, hit us, us up, up there. Hit Tim on yeah, the Twitter. I'll, I'll, is I like talking to people. So. Right. When, when Tim's saying that, you should uh, refer to... Yeah, go to Dishorrorpod. At Dishorrorpod is the Twitter account, and <laughs> at Dismembering Horror is yeah. the Instagram account. Yeah. But also DM Ryan and just bother him. Maybe I won't be bothered. Joke's on you, Tim. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe I'll be the opposite of bothered. He'll love it. He loves it. All right. Well, Tim, we've been working on our wrap up here. I think I have uh, some suggestions for it. Okay. So what is it this far? So we've had, uh, thanks for listening. One of us says, and then the other one says, we'll see you next time. And we both said, bye. This doesn't seem very horror oriented so to me. Here I'm addressing all our concerns. So I Great. think it was that it didn't seem very horror-y. Yeah. And then the lead in itself was awkward for, <laughs> you know, going into that. Um, what if it was this? Quiet? What if it was okay. this? What if it was at the end of every episode, I just murder you? I don't think we'd be able to do more than that once. could just that do once. it that one time? Yeah. Oh, all right. Scratch that idea. <laughs> Can I tell you what mine was now? <laughs> sure. All right. So as a lead-in, that's better when uh, instead of just going, trying to find a way to go straight into uh, thanks for listening, I'll say... And in summation, or no, in closing, that's a better word. Okay. In closing, thanks for listening. And then you say, see you next time. And then as far as the more horror-y thing, Ooh. rather than bye, we say goodbye. Because goodbye lends itself better to a uh, play with it as we will eerie tone. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay. Well, everyone, um, in closing, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Ha, 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 ha.